Beast Radio Podcast. I am your host, Bro Dinky. With me, you probably guessed it, is my good friend, Mr. Schmidt, in the place for horological hot takes, taboo topics, and often unpopular watch opinion. Schmitty, what's going on there, bud? Nothing much, man. Nothing much. How's everything with you? Uh, all right. You know, uh, the Kennedys are having a little thing where they, they, they like to do this thing now where they get up at like 5 a.m. And, uh, uh, yes. and they either try to get in my bed, mm. which, uh, yeah, isn't good for the sleeping, or they just want to get up and they're like, can we go downstairs and watch TV? And I'm, <laughs> you know, they're only two and four. So it's not yeah. like I could just be like, yes, go downstairs and watch TV. Like they have to be supervised. <laughs> yeah. Please, so. please go downstairs where we can't see or hear anything that you're doing unsupervised for several hours. Exactly. So, uh, <laughs> Either way, I've been losing a lot of sleep for no damn good reason. I know. It sucks. It does. It does. Uh, aside from that, just been watching some football and stuff. Nothing too crazy. It's been a, it's been a week already <laughs> for me. No. Yeah, I yeah. had a, a, a rugged couple of days of work, but aside from that, uh, everything is pretty good. How about you? Good, man. Uh, nothing nothing too crazy out of the ordinary. I do have a little bit of a... a a new watch alert. I did Ooh, just get a nice. new watch. It's it's nothing crazy. It's nothing crazy. Uh, a buddy of mine owed me um, from something earlier, and he's like, "Hey man, like, why don't you just pick out a watch for the amount that I owe you, and just we'll call it a day, and that way you, you get your money." And and I was like, "All right, that's that's a fair deal." So I just picked up a a new little Cassie Oak. It's nothing crazy, but it's the uh, one of the breast cancer ones. Oh, one. nice. Yeah, good I deal. Check this out. It's a good deal. The, I got the all black one with the pink indices, so it's not Very too nice. pink. But uh, yeah, a little hundred dollar, a uh, little watcheroo, and uh, call it a day. So I'm happy. Yeah, dude. I, I I walked into my morning meeting at work today, and I I walk in. The first two people there are wearing pink, and they're like, "Did you get the memo?" I'm like, "No," and they're like, "Oh, it was some day where you're supposed to wear." It. And I was like, "Great." I was like, "Something that I have, I had this covered." <laughs> Like ways, yeah. everything, everything. Yeah, I had this like, so covered. I was like, and I did uh, not get this memo. I was like, you guys got to do a better job getting that around. <laughs> you got pink straps, pink hats. Yeah, I had it. I had everything, it. everything. <laughs> I was like, you guys really screwed the pooch on this one. But it's like, let's just go back to Saturday and somebody send me a text. Don't forget Monday morning. We need pink stuff. That's right. Oh, kind of funny. But also, I, know. I was like, come on, guys. <laughs> But, oh, uh, you gotta love it. You gotta love yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, aside from that, I mean, we we did get a slew of new watches. I I do believe it's LVMH Watch Week. Yes, it is. So, Which uh, I didn't even know was a thing. I didn't know it was a thing either. Maybe it's part of the new rollout with all their uh, new familial uh, nepo baby changes going on there. Because <laughs> I don't remember there being an LVMH Watch Week before. But then again, you know, maybe this is now because didn't SIHH and Watches and Wonders merge? Oh, maybe you might be right about that. Because I, maybe I'm just making up my head. Nah, maybe, it's you know it's all part of the COVID time warp. It's yeah, uh, it's like everybody. It's like the blip from Avengers. Everybody just lost a few years off their life. You don't remember anything. I do recall something like that. Okay, so yeah, so basically, watches and wonders, and and, and this is how far back it was. I mean, geez, 2019, 2019 was the last time there was. Uh, I'm sorry, SIHH. And since then, basically beginning in 2020 during COVID, it became Watches and Wonders Geneva. So that show, which would have happened earlier in the year, which is 
basically right around this time uh, gets pushed back to April, which is where Watches and Wonders is this year. It's in, in the beginning of April. So I guess all the brands that would have debuted stuff at SIHH are now doing it in their own thing. And I guess that's what we get LVMH Watch Week. Who knows? Um, I don't care, but uh, a lot of watches. Some bangers, some just kind of like, yeah. You know, what do you think? I agree. I agree. But I, I have to say, I, I, I found some stuff that I actually like quite a bit. Like, there, yeah. you know, I for me to really get a little bit gaga over a watch, like, I really have to like it. And I, I really found a couple of those in this ba- uh, batch here, the drop today. Yeah. So I was pretty enthused about that. Um, I guess we'll kick it from the top. Uh, let's start Which with top, the, man. There's there's everything. Well, no, let's start with the watch <laughs> that is not a, featured at LVMH Watch Week. Uh, we'll start with the Belova Lunar Pilot with okay. a meteorite dial. Uh, it's sort of your uh, same old faithful Belova Lunar Pilot. I mean, it's got a couple of upgrades, but aside from that, it's got a very fancy schmancy meteorite dial. With and, a fancy uh, schmancy price tag. I was going to say, it's also not so cheap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These will run you about 1,500 smackaroos. Yep. And they are limited to, I think, 5,000 pieces. And they're already in limited quantities. They're already sold out on the website. Yeah, 5,000 pieces, yeah. So they're working hard to restock those. Um, I like it. I like it a lot. I don't like that price tag very much, but I like everything else about it. Well, I don't like the price tag because you're dealing with a, you know, it's 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 a, granted, it's a very fancy quartz movement, right? But you're dealing with a quartz movement of $1,500. I mean, there's a lot of mechanical watches you can get in that price category. Even some mechanical chronographs for $1,500. You know, and really a lot of that price tag is going to be associated with, one, the actual iconicism of this type of watch, but also the meteorite for sure. But is it a beautiful watch? Yes. Sure is. Yes, it is. That meteorite is very good looking. The color scheme is very well executed. I think if you're looking for something fun, it's eye-catching and interesting. And I think meteorite, for whatever reason, is going to be big this year. I can already picture it. Um, uh, this is this is going to be huge. So we'll see. Yeah, it's sort of one of those things where the uh, watch is a little bit bigger than the sum of its parts type of deal. Yeah. Like you do get a meteorite dial, you do get a you know traditional. I'm going to use quotes space watch here. Yeah, you know something with some history, a very classic look. This color scheme looks amazing on it. I mean, it's already sort of been this one, but with this sort of uh you know the all the different angles you're going to get off the meteorite, it looks really really good. Um, you know you can get a meteorite dial in a micro brand for probably cheaper than this. Yeah. But again, you're you're getting sort of a total package here. I don't and know if I, I don't know if I could shell out fifteen hundred for it, but it's it's darn good looking. Yeah, and and I, and I will be and I will be the first one to call it out too. Not all meteorite is the same. Yeah, that's true. The compositions are different. The gradation is different. The collectability of the type of meteorite, the rarity of the meteorite, all of these things play a factor into what the cost of sourcing that material comes from. And I think a lot of people when they're like, oh yeah, you know. I can get a Zelos, you know, meteorite dial diver for, you know, six hundred dollars, you know, before they go to full sale, you know, if I buy it, you know, on Kickstarter or whatever it is, okay. That's true. But let's not let's not say that every single piece of that meteorite 
that's using that watch is going to be inherently the same or of the same quality or gradation as something that you're going to find in an Omega or uh, a GMT Master 2 Meteorite or a Daytona. Like they're all going to be different. Um, and certainly they're going to be associated with different rarities and different purities of, of the Meteorite. So keep that in mind. Not everything's going to be the same, but it still looks really, really good. Yeah. And then that, you know, that was one of the highlights coming into today that I had ready and geared up. And I was like, all right, we'll talk about this. And then I, I wasn't expecting all this other stuff, but yeah, we certainly got a lot of it. Um, obviously, the LVMH brands are going to be the ones that are pumping stuff out. And uh, let's start with Tag Hoyer, man. Tag mm. Hoyer drops a glass box configuration of the Dado. Yes, Dado those, 45. Those of Oof. you might remember, uh, Hodinkee put out one of these somewhat recently. Yeah, it was a couple of years ago, I think, yeah, right? It, it's not the it's not a glass box, but it had the, the date at nine. It had a totalizer at three, and then it's got sort of your standard chronograph setup aside from that. And that one, you had a dark dial and everything. This one's got like a bright emerald dial on it. It's so good. It looks amazing. I am, yeah, this is a good look. look yeah, good like good I said, watch. I was smitten. I saw this and I was like, oh, that's a damn good looking watch. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 hard not to love it. Especially because, you know, whenever I look at this, I always think that the watch is winking at you because it's it's just got the <laughs> just the 30 minute totalizer, which is cool. The price point is um is there. It's not a limited edition. It's not a specialty model. It's just gonna be normal production. Yep. Uh, which is good. Now again, at sixty five fifty, is it expensive for for a tag? Maybe. Is it expensive for a Hoyer? Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, you guys know how I feel about this. If you listen to earlier episodes where I believe that they should split and make all of these watches under the Hoyer label, they have every ability to do that. Um, but overall, this green, it, it is a very, very sexy watch because it's like that bluish green. You know what I mean? Like it's, I mean, it's, it's Wizard of Oz green. Like that's what it is, like it's like Emerald City green. Yeah, it's not. You, it's not that teal kick that everybody's been on for the past year or two. This no, is man. very, very emerald. It's, I mean, maybe we should call this the Oz because I mean, it's it's a, it's a great color. <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog, Chaos Emerald. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's there's got to be a nickname in this same, somewhere other than the Dado, right? Because I mean, let's be honest, the original Dado was a Dado forty five black dial. You know, classic Hoyer chronograph. This is a new generation, new era. But I love this color, and all the photos that I've seen of it in the glass box case, they just they look phenomenal. So this is a home run for me. Um, again, the price point might be a little steep for some people at sixty five fifty US, but I can, I could justify it. It's different. How many one? How many one sub dial register chronos with a date at? nine o'clock are out there in the market today with this type of dial none and it's a sweet uh pretty sweet package you know you get that yeah. 39 mil case it's only 13.86 thick now for a chronograph that's really not bad yeah and it's got 100 meter water resistance for all you snobs out there worried about getting your hands wet <laughs> 80 hour power reserve very nice like you said not limited and who knows, you know, if the if the boutiques they start struggling a little bit, maybe you can 
even get one of those old-fashioned discounts one day. <laughs> Might be nice. <laughs> Might be nice. I don't know if we're quite there yet, but, nah, uh, but we'll see. We'll yeah, see. We'll Give see. it six months, and we'll see where the rest of the industry is at, and we'll see if everyone starts getting a little diskies again. Well, that's that's kind of how I feel about it, man. Because, I mean, I'll be honest. People who I have been talking to in my own circles and stuff, I don't know anybody really picking up anything big right now. You know, little things here and there. It's kind of just yeah. like, you know, wetting your beak a little bit. I don't know anybody who's like, I'm going full send, like in the past six, 12 months at least. No, I mean, I, I'm with you on that. I I think it's it's people are just economically being much more aware of their finances things are changing a lot in the industry right now and things are changing in in the economy right now um you guys can probably kind of gather where, I, where i'm at on that but you know people are going to be a little bit more conservative with their finances and and they're not going to make any big moves unless it's really really justified i believe um so we'll see we'll see but I agree with you. I mean, nobody in my collector circles are like, "Yeah, I'm I'm rushing out to buy a gold anything, or you know, a two tone, or uh, you know, a, a ten to fifteen thousand dollar purchase." You know, it's uh, a lot of people I think are being a little bit more reserved with that. You know, so e well, that's what I'm saying. So even if it's only your your heavy hitter brands that are remaining hot, maybe your tag horrors will be offering a little something off the top there. Maybe. It's very possible. Nothing is in the realm of impossibility. I mean, let's let's be honest. I feel like we're on that cusp of like the '90s going to the 2000s. That, in many ways, that golden era of collecting for for so many established collectors. And I really wish I was in the watches and had the finances to to be in the watches back then, because back when the market just dropped out on all of this stuff, you had people selling crazy complications from high houses for basically nothing. Because everyone was just trying to liquidate everything. And over the last 10 to 15 years, we've seen that steadily build and build and build and build. And here we are at fever pitch and everything I think is going to be returning to zero. If you, if you imagine what I'm saying. Yeah. And so if this is your Hoyer end, we've also got a, what I guess you'd call a tag release as well. They released the Aqua Racer Solar Graphs in 34 millimeter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is an interesting, and we'll use the word interesting release here because, I mean, there's definitely a, a feminine couple here, but there's yeah. also, there's a blue dial, there's a green dial. You, it looks like you got a couple of mother of pearls. One of them's got diamonds and it's certainly a small watch. It's a quartz yeah. watch. We know that, <laughs> but I feel like a dude could probably pull off the blue or the green. Yeah. I just don't know who this is marketed to. Danny Milton. Like, well, I was going to say it could be a slender wristed fella or perhaps a lady. But I mean, I, I would imagine this is going to be definitely more geared towards women. I mean, look, I'll be the first one to be like, hey, man, give me a pink dial 36 Carrera and, and call it a day. Like, I'll happily wear that. But 34 is pushing it. For a watch of, of modern sensibilities. No, it certainly and is. And especially a divers at that. Because the one thing is, it's not just the case size that comes into play. It's the visual weight of the watch, which so many people often discredit. Because now you have a bezel. So your actual crystal aperture, your, your, your dial circumference is that much smaller because now it has to be inside of the bezel. 
it makes the watch wear even smaller it's than probably it's like 28 millimeters it, it's yeah so it, it just it's gonna look tiny on a man for sure there's no question that it wouldn't but if that's your if that's your bag man go get your bag but you know for the same amount of money you can get the 40 millimeter yeah that is true <laughs> let's let's be honest here for that, I would I would go with the forty millimeter and and look. What's the price of the Solograph right now? Mm, I can't remember. I remember it was it was what was it three? Okay, so I'm looking right now on Tag's website. There's a brand new kind of Bordeauxy pink Aqua Racer, forty millimeters in stainless steel with an automatic movement for twenty eight fifty. So I don't know why you would go and buy the Solograph if for just about the same amount of money you can get the, the mechanical one. Yeah, because the Solograph right now, in, at least in the gent size in 40, is twenty three fifty. So 500 bucks more and you get the automatic version. Yeah. Uh, I think I would be willing to do that. Yeah, well, I guess that tells you who your demographic is here, that perhaps it is not watch folks. Yeah, they just don't care. They're like, ah, tags on the dial. I know this is a good watch. And did you see they're, uh, they're putting out a an eyewear line I did. as well? well? Not putting it out. It's just coming back. <laughs> because ta tag has always been into the avant-garde lifestyle like so many other brands out there as well i mean omega is guilty of this too there's so many brands that do this where they make other things um and tag used to do eyewear and like moto jackets and all kinds of crazy stuff for years and years and years and years and i think you know over the years they're like hey it's just not really a big driver for us so let's pull back on it and we'll just focus on the timepieces you know but um no, it's cool. I mean, they're they're doing eyewear, but like all of these designer things is like, man, dude, this is gonna be crazy expensive. <laughs> they, look, they look like they look like a futuristic version of the the Oakleys that people used to wear in the late nineties. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and 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 they're just they're going to be expensive. I don't even know the price points because I, I saw them featured. I'm like, I am so not even. I have not no even, desire to know. Not. Exactly. I have no desire to find out. But uh, I can imagine they're going to be ridiculous and and very, very expensive. But again, this is their market base. They're marketing it to active lifestyle, sport you know, enthusiasts, that kind of stuff. So, I mean, if you're in a tag, maybe you're in a tag eyewear. It's not me, but you know, it's for somebody, I guess. Yeah. So chugging along here with our LVMH brands, Zenith has been very busy. Yes. Too so, busy. Yeah. So they put out <laughs> the familiar Chronomaster Sport in a couple flavors. They gave us a green one that I don't love. Yeah. It's not my favorite shade of green. I I, I saw they uh they they modeled it with Aaron Rodgers, which is again, yeah, kind of a still still kind of a weird brand relationship for me. I, I still don't I don't know weird. Look, man, they're just trying to capture the American market. That's all. 
I guess. But like, this is this is this is your this is uh this is Europeans trying to figure out how to how to appeal to the sensibilities of the American market. I know it just doesn't. He's, the guy's almost he's almost done. He might be done. He could be. I don't think he is, but he could be. I don't think he wants to be. But after a torn Achilles, you never know. I mean, two one three plays into the season, one <laughs> boom done. Something like I mean, that. I mean, you played football, didn't you? I did. I did. And that you just, you remember, dude? It's just like you have to remember. It's just like you just get beaten for months. I mean, I still have injuries that I'm like, yeah, there's my hip, pop it back in place, you know. There's my knee, it's buckling up. It must be a thunderstorm down the road, <laughs> you know, things like that. It's like that stuff's real, you know. And you just learn to figure it out and recover. And if you can't recover, you stop playing. And yeah, maybe I that's just, where he's at. Yeah. Having all of that and being chased around by 300-pound men just does not seem like a great day at the office, especially when you've had a successful career already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's all the 300-pound men that want to kill you. Like They, want, they want to break you. Right? Correct. <laughs> and you never know. If any of them are friends with Jimmy Kimmel, you might be in for it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's a funny conversation. Sure is. So anyway, I don't love it. It's kind of that like weird... It's cloudy Packers green. green. That it's cloudy, Packers green. That it's like it looks like the one that the Rolex uses on some of the Hulks. Like I just, yeah. it's not one that I like particularly. It's the it, the the color the color is Kelly green. It's Irish green. It's like Notre Dame Packers. It's that bright spring green. You know what I mean? Like if Irish Spring made a watch, this is the green. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know if I want that on a chronograph, and, no, it, and I, I don't know if I love it with the subdials either. But I, I think in this in this variation, like the green is already an attractive color in and of of itself. But I think what really dilutes it is the fact that they did the the Chronomaster off colored subdials. Like I would be okay with the watch if it was all the same color, or if they're like, "Hey, we're just gonna do a monochromatic design. We'll do." all gray or all silver or something like that. But the fact that they did blue and dark gray and light gray, it's like, ah, okay. That itself does not blend cohesively in my opinion with the, uh, with the, uh, uh, the rest of the chronograph design and the green. Yeah. And now they've also released this in a blingy version. Yes. And is this a gold meteorite dial? So it's uh, it's meteorites, which going back to kind of what I said earlier, I think meteorites going to be big this year. But it is a, um, I think it's got to be a treatment because keep in mind, meteorite is mostly it's mostly made of metal, right? Specifically yeah. iron. Um, so there's obviously, like I said, there's obviously different gradations and different compositions of meteorite things like that. But if it's metal-based, you could probably PVD it or do some type of elect electrolysis or, galvan or galvanic treatment to give it a color. CVD, PVD, whatever you want to do, there's probably countless ways to do this. I just don't think brands have ever really done it, or maybe the technology wasn't out there to do it. But this looks like to me that they basically took a meteorite dial and they PVD coated it gold color. And I think this could have had potential. I mean, this thing is way blingy. It's got gems set all around the bezel and everything. Yeah. You know, yeah. With the polished center links and everything. 
you know, it's a little gaudy. I think this could have been cool without the gems. I mean, I, I, I agree with you, but I also, like, I'm not a person that's in the market for a gem set watch. But I also could see, like, if I was going to be in the market for a gem set watch, this one would kind of be a cool one to get. Just because of the sum of its parts. You got, uh, I'm assuming... They're they're blue sapphires, maybe black diamonds, and then regular diamonds, uh, or or smoked out diamonds on the on the outside. Yeah, I mean, I would no, like to be see honest, though. I would like to see it with just a like a matte navy blue bezel or something on it. Just see what it looks like. I think it could have a yeah. lot of potential. Yeah, I mean, again, I I'm not a guy that's gonna run out and buy this watch, and especially at ninety eight thousand dollars, <laughs> definitely not. I, I'm sorry, ninety eight six. All right, um, definitely not. But you know, if you're looking for something unique, you're looking for a a big hitter piece. I don't really know of anything else that looks like this. And and you know, I saw this comment earlier. It's like, thank God they didn't do a full day. You know, like a rainbow, because then you know they already get enough flack for copying the Daytona. Um, that would have really been over the top, I think. But this is cool, especially with the meteorite. Though. I think it's, that's cool enough. And now what I think is just a total home run. They've brought back a triple calendar that was originally only one of 25 from a vintage release way back when. And now they're bringing it back. So you're getting an El Primero triple calendar. So you're getting a moon phase. And this thing looks super cool everything about it and i i yeah. think i saw a couple different dial variations on it like a yeah. panda reverse panda and even so so there's a, there's a color too i can't remember which one it was so there's a dark gray green is there a green there's a dark gray there's a green which i believe is a boutique only okay then you have the panda which is the white dial black sub dials and then you have um I'm sorry. Those are the three. Those are the three. Yeah. And then you have the options to do, you know, strap or bracelet or whatever. Um, my favorite personally, I think, is the original prototype color, which is apparently the dark gray. Gray, yeah. That one is just a absolute banger. I mean, it, it, and again, price point aside, we were kind of talking off air about this, and I'm looking at the website now, so maybe it's different model to model, but this is thirteen nine, but. Still, man, this is the smoked gray with looks like red gold accents. You know, you're talking triple calendar chronograph with an El Primero movement, tenth of a second, powers are 60 hours, and you're doing this in what a 38 millimeter case. This is just an absolute banger. Absolute banger. This is a rare watch. I saw the price and I was like, wow, that's not bad for what this is. No. Like a regular El Primero is going to run you 10 Gs. Yeah. Easy. What's a little bit more amongst, you know, it, and with this. Friends to get something that's, that's truly special. Yeah. With, and has never really existed. That's right. And you, mean, can, you can get this, this, you know, this neat setup. You get a moon phase. It looks so good. This is such a banger of a watch. And again, it's never existed. That to me is the thing that blows me away. Because like you said, it, the original inception of this was only 
a small production prototype, essentially. They were just basically testing to see if it was even possible to do this. Because keep in mind, the biggest testing for this is can we run a high beat chronograph and still have enough torque and power reserve to make all of the additional functions possible? That's really what they're testing. Okay. And I don't think a lot of people who, who are not familiar with watch mechanics really understand this concept that you still have to have enough power in the gear train as power reserve starts dwindling to make all of these functions happen because even the slightest dip could cause a, a misalignment of the wheels or the teeth and, and it can cause an, an issue. So the fact that they're like, hey, this is like, what, 1960s, 1970s, they're like, we're going to do this. We're going to make 25 pieces of this or 20 pieces of this. And we're just going to see if it's a proof of concept. Can this be done? And they're like, we did it. And then it never went to market. <laughs> <laughs> Which is insane. They're like, ah, quartz crisis. Let's not focus on triple calendars right now. Let's uh, let's just stick this in our back pocket for when the industry recovers. You know, 60, 70 years later, here we are. Yeah, we've arrived. Bringing it back, baby. But no, I think it's uh, I think it's an absolute banger of a watch. The only thing I could potentially see as an issue with this is just going to be overall the thickness of the case because it looks like in all the photos it's they're taking it from top down because uh, you have to imagine there's got to be a lot more stuff in this in this particular watch so it it looks like it sits off the wrist quite a bit um, but you know if you don't like that then just buy a regular Chronomaster very simple but this is an absolute delight of a watch. Now, as I mentioned to you off air, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put this statement out there. If Zenith can create a watch like this, and you know, Zenith has an incredible history of manufacturing chronographs, especially with, with complications and things, and doing them in high frequency, when UG finally makes it to the market, if they are not able to produce a watch that has all of their UGness built into it. And it's at this kind of competitive price point, they're done. They're done. They'll be dead on arrival. Because if you come out with something similar to this and you're selling it at $30,000 or $25,000, nobody's going to want to buy it. You can't rest the laurels on, on the past. You have to be able to, to create something that people are going to be interested in wanting to cop, to, 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 to purchase. And if you can't deliver something like this, why would anybody deviate from something like the Zenith? Yeah, no, it makes total sense to me. And I, I think mean, that's sort of a that's been that was our big concern coming out of that news is yeah. that what the hell what is the price point? Cost? Yeah, and and you and I and I remember you, when we had that episode, you were like super stoked, like oh man, it's just gonna be kind of like Breitling. I was like, I've written all the articles. It's supposed to be more expensive than Breitling. And so <laughs> I was like. Breitling's already at like ten thousand dollars. I was gonna say that's good because I can't afford so, a Breitling, so forget that. <laughs> it's like so. What is this UG gonna be? It's gonna be the top tier brand. What is that gonna mean? You know what I mean? So like, ah, uh, we'll see. It sounds quite expensive, and if they can't deliver it in something that's attractive as this, complicated as this, at this type of competitive price point, I think they're gonna be a DOA. But we'll see. We'll see how much the industry gives them free publicity and all the influencers prop them up and everyone artificially manufactures the desirability of that. We'll see how, how long it takes for that to happen. 
Yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting for it sure. Will be. Yeah. Now, the only other stuff I really saw that that sort of would capture the eye of the the watch folks coming out of this was I know uh, Bulgari put out some stuff, some new Octos. Never really been a huge Octo person myself. Not gonna lie, I know everybody fawned over that watch. Uh, I I don't like it at all. It's it's it, you know even seeing it in person, the bracelet is it's not it's not thick height wise, but it's thick. It's like a twenty six millimeter bracelet or something. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it, it visually tapers. thick. Yeah, it tapers like hell, but yeah, it's it's just a weird it's a weird setup. Like yeah. getting to your wrist, it's. You know, I get it. It's avant-garde. It's all that other stuff, and it's from a big jewelry house. But I've never been a huge Octo person, and I know, uh, you know, we uh, talked about in, in our group chat today that they brought back the Bulgari Bulgari. Yeah, For those of you that don't know, it's the <laughs> one. It's got Bulgari around the bezel twice. It's a gold watch, and I said, "Ah, yes, the watch so nice they named it twice." Yeah, basically. <laughs> but I mean, this is kind of par for the course because even their aluminum models these days still have Bulgari Bulgari. Yeah, which you know, to me is, uh, it's just so gaudy to me. It's so gaudy. And maybe this is going to be, uh, you know, a hot take, but I, their designs, I've never liked them. I've never liked them. I don't like the hinged bracelet. I don't like the fact that like there's branding on literally every facet of the watch on the bezel twice, on the strap, on either side. It says Bulgari, Bulgari. Like, we get it. Your name is Bulgari. Like, we get it. And I know it's all inspired by coins and all these things. Cool, whatever. I think it's gaudy, and I think it's garish. It's certainly never and, been. And uh, maybe that's bag. a hot take. I think. I think no. you're going to have people on both And again, sides. maybe I'm just a, a knuckle, maybe I'm just a knuckle dragger. Um, like somebody called me once in the comments many, many years ago. I'm just a knuckle dragger out here. But at the end of the day, I just think that there's refinement and simplicity. Um, and I think that most of their designs lack that. Now, this new one that just came out today, arguably you could make that point. Hey, it's a very simplistic design. It's a classic one uh, to, to their collection. It came out in the 70s. Cool. And I do like that it doesn't say Bulgari on the dial because it says it on the bezel twice. But overall, I mean, if you remove the bezel aside, it's a very fine-looking watch. It's very simplistic, but there's something beautiful in that simplicity. Um, but, you know, at $13,000, this is a pass for me. I'm just not going to buy it because no. I don't like the fact that it says it twice. Um, and it even is called the Bulgari Bulgari watch, which is even more garish because they're named... For this piece is actually Bulgari twice. Uh, I don't know. It's just uh, I don't know. Nothing. Nothing. No shade out to anybody that owns Bulgari jewelry, but I think it's hideous and garish. So, so that was about it for the for the drops <laughs> I saw as far as the event goes. Okay. All right. As far as the event goes. <laughs> um, aside from that, we got a really cool Longines that dropped. It is a central power reserve version of the conquest this is a really interesting looking watch first of all it's got a date at 12 now normally i hate the date at 12 this one looks pretty good yes and uh it's just a yeah. very nicely thrown together watch it's got nice indices it's got this central power reserves situation going on that's, that's unique it's neat 
it's uh it's very classy it it looks like uh if the orient bambino had a very sexy older sister to me (laughs) (laughs) i've never heard it quite described that way but but uh yeah i love it you go over your friend's house you're like who's that (laughs) (laughs) that's my sister bro like oh like uh, no i was just asking you know (laughs) just asking you know Trying to be polite. Does she need her car washed? Trying to be polite. Does she need her car washed? I mean, uh, is she hungry? Is she I'm still staying over tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, yeah, I agree. Uh, maybe not the Bambino thing. That didn't cross my mind. But I o- overall, aesthetically, this watch for me, when I saw it, and it was quite, you know, uh, a subtle drop because it, it, I think it happened, what, over the weekend or yeah. just before the weekend, something like that. Um, it was certainly not uh, expected. And you know we got the teaser for the 70th anniversary of this. I I think this watch is really really well executed, um, which is crazy because this design to me feels like a modern design. But the fact that it came out so many decades ago is insane. And as I told you off air, like why don't all Power Reserve watches look this awesome? Uh, because this is truly cool. Um, as I, as I jokingly said to you, is like, you know, right now we're just left with like these like gas gauge looking power reserves on these watches yeah. or these ginormous hands that sweep across a dial. I'm looking at you, Seiko. And this is just probably one of the most elegantly introduced power reserve complications I've ever seen. It's so simple. It makes so much sense. The dial is insanely symmetrical given all of the detail. And it just plays well. And I think at 38 millimeters, it's a solid, solid watch to get if you're looking for a sport piece. Yeah. And if you have, I'm sorry, a dress piece. If you haven't seen it, it's just got this cool central disc around the center pinion that just rotates to count down the power reserve. It's just very neat. It's so, uh, uh, it's so simplistic that it's like, how did we not come to this sooner? You know what I mean? And you can get black, you can get white, or you can get sort of a grayish with rose accents. Yeah. That one's probably my favorite. It's neat. It's very neat. I like the white a lot. It's really, really, really beautiful. Really beautiful watch. And this this is one of those watches that, like, if you were to buy it and have it for the rest of your life, and eventually if you die and you pass this on to your kids... It's gonna be like one of those like, oh yeah, dad had this crazy watch. This is this is one of those watches that's like a future story. Like we don't really know what it does, but it's got these crazy things on it. You know, like that's to me is like this is a watch that like grandpa would you would like find in grandpa's drawer. You know, I was like, Yeah, I had an old I had an old nice watch once. Like this is that watch. And I don't know, the story and how it functioned to me is just so attractive. It's so it's so simplistic in its design. It's just like, how did we not make all power reserves like this? And why do we still not make power reserves like this? Um, I just think it's so cool. And it's so uniquely Longines. The script and the font is so cool. The handset is awesome. I love the beveling on the indices and the framing of the date window. Like you said, you're like, I'm not a big 12 o'clock date person because it feels weird to me. But it looks good. But it looks so good because it's perfectly symmetrical with the six o'clock marker. I mean, it's just, it's good. I can't say enough good things about this. 
Um, I think if you're looking for a dress watch this year and you don't want to kill yourself by breaking the bank, I mean, at 38 millimeters and at a pretty decent price point of 3,800, I think this is a banger. Yeah. Can't really go wrong with this one. I don't think. No, no. Uh, also new, we got a collab from my fellow Long Islander, Mark over at Island Watch and Marathon have come out with a Navigator collaboration. White dial, black case, black bezel. Uh, pretty cool little release. It's the yeah. uh, 41 millimeter nav uh, Navigator. It doesn't have a ton of Islander branding on it, just I believe on the case back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, they kind of just came together and hashed it out, decided on some design choices and put this thing out. I mean, it's cool. It's definitely cool. I, I like Marathon. And, uh, you know, Mark's always been a swell guy when I'm, I've am i met him in person. So shout out to him. Congrats on this. And, uh, it, lying you know, on the watch. It's a quartz piece. But, it's um, cool, though. It's, it's cool. cool. Yeah, it's just a, a sort of a no nonsense. Yeah, and this one, this one to me is a little stealthier, right? Like you still have the, you still have the, uh, the, the acrylic case. You still have the acrylic crystal. You got the, you know, kind of GI military single pass NATO style strap, but you got this little pop of orange. You get this bright white dial. I just think it's very cool. And you got blue tritium tubes. Yeah, it's just very cool because it's stealthy enough to be like, I've seen that before. But then upon further glance, you're like, wait, that's not quite the one that I've seen. You know, it's like when J. Crew did those uh those uh navigators as well. Oh yeah. That was totally unexpected, but like I secretly wanted one because they were just so much different than all the other stuff that was made for the watch people. And those never got really that much fanfare just because they were sold through J. Crew. But I always low key lo- love them because I'm like if I was going to get a marathon watch, I want the marathons that nobody has. And this could be one of those versions as well. It's very, it's very good looking. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, it's even got the little spot on the back where you can replace the, the battery with just a the battery. cell. yeah, there you go. Save you a trip to the jeweler for all the, I'll, uh, I'll swatch baby. <laughs> Speaking of, Ooh. Probably the news of the week. Uh, we got a little teaser. I'm sure everybody's seen it by now. But it mm-hmm. appears, and I'm not going to speak in absolutes here, but it appears we are getting a Snoopy Moonswatch tribute of some kind. Ooh. And, you know, obviously this set things on fire because the scarcity and availability of the current Snoopy model of Speedmaster, <laughs> as well as anyone that's come out in recent memory, uh, you know, are basically non-existent. That's and true. so that's I think true. a lot of people would like to own something if they could with the overall package thrown together there. Yeah. Now yeah. you can always get something like that from a Timex or something, but it's just not the same. And, definitely uh, not. We've definitely seen a lot of really cool executions from Omega with the the Snoopy, so I think people are sort of the ears have been perked up. Yeah. Now I have no idea, and obviously we've seen a ton of renders that people have thrown together or you know cobbled together in 
MS Paint. I wouldn't even say Paint Shop or, or Photoshop. <laughs> Photoshop. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think you're going to get a one for one of a Speedmaster. You know, you might get a Moon Swatch with a Snoopy on it, but it's. I don't think they're they'll they'll step on the toes of the ones they put out already. It might be something cool and new and original, but I don't think we're going to get like the. I the, hope that the, it is. I don't think we're going to get the blue Snoopy revamp in Moon Swatch. I, you know, I really hope, I, I really hope not because, you know, I think everyone could agree arguably last year was a little bit of a letdown um, just because it was kind of, in our opinion, you know, pretty lazy. Just taking what you've already had and, you know, kind of slightly changing a second hand or a dial or whatever. Very, very, very minute changes to 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 still drive the hype. Now, granted, there's always going to be hype, and people are going to be excited to queue up and do it just because it's the thing. And and honestly, let's be on let's let's be honest. Now, most of the people that are queuing up for that stuff are probably not watch people per se, because um, I don't really know of anybody that was like, oh yes, the Hunter Moon is coming. Like, <laughs> let's go get mine. You know what I mean? Like. The strawberry moon. Like, I don't know. Okay. Beaver moon. I was thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. But, you know, I don't think a lot of people that were that were diehard watch people, at least not that I know, um, were really focusing on that. It was more so, you know, hype people and, and people that are interested in culture and that kind of stuff, whatever. Um, I think this has everyone's attention. Whether we want to admit it or not. Uh, and I know you had said off air that you know you kind of did like a little uh, poll or whatever. If this uh, this phenomenon is still going on, do you want to talk more about that? Well, yeah, you know I, I like to to use my resources, and uh, you know seeing as I, I have a, a bit of reach, yeah. uh, I like to sometimes I I'll use I'll use memes as a, a means of farming, as a means of uh, <laughs> gathering information, and so I put out a little feeler with the dude from Toy Story two, and. Uh, I kind of wanted to get people's feelings towards where the the moon swatch is for them or what it stands for. You know what? A lot of people I think are just happy. It's bringing people to the hobby. Yeah. And then you have other people who will just write it's garbage. Yeah. Yeah. But it's most of them fall sort of in between. And so uh, let me see one. Two. I got like six or seven here, but they're all, they're all pretty diverse and all pretty good. Yeah. Um, I'll read a few of them. So this first one comes from a guy named who calls himself Teddy Pretzels, who has a, a very cute That's a name. Very cute Corgi as his uh, picture. Ooh, Corgis are the best. He writes, uh, they're overpriced for their materials, but they're also unique and quirky enough to have genuine appeal. I think that the biggest legitimate complaint isn't about the watches themselves, but about the faux scarcity Swatch has used to sell them. Supposedly, they sold over a million moon swatches in the first year, but making them available only in person at such select few locations is a recipe for secondary market gouging. You know, it sounds an awful lot like uh, another brand that comes to mind. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you guys are okay with that one. People don't seem to mind that one. Yeah, they don't seem to mind that one at all. Just yeah. got busted for telling people not to sell the watches online. <laughs> <laughs> um. This one comes from our friend Nick at DC Vintage. He said, personally, not even remotely for me, but these are certainly bringing new people to the uh, two watches, so it is a win-win. And I think that's where most people, I would say, stand on it, whether you like it or not. Yeah. 
this one comes from Millennium Falcon. Sorry, Millennial. Millennial Falcon. Millennial 17. Falcon. That's, funny. That's, a funny name. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, if they do a, a Silver Snoopy Moonswatch, I'd happily fight an old lady for it. Might lose, but we'll still fight her. <laughs> okay. to, which I re- to which I replied, I don't know about a Snoopy, but Japan racing, I might be there with you. Yeah, okay. If it was a Japan race, well, I'm saying, know. I mean, if we're doing Snoopy, <laughs> might as well, right? We might as, might as well just put all the cards on the table here. Yeah, you're right. You ain't wrong. You ain't wrong. Uh, this one from uh, <clears throat> frequent listener, Clocks on the Rocks, local guy mm, here yes. in uh, New York, New Jersey area. Uh, simply put, hype machine aside, they're swatches, and swatches notorious for limited releases, quirky releases, and overall awesome releases. Am I mood yeah. swatched out? Yes. Do I own three? Yes. Am I 50 fathoms out? Sorry, that's a weird word. 50 fathomed out. Yes. Do I own any? No. Will I? Yes. So <laughs> I think that probably a sums real up mixed bag. Yeah. <laughs> I probably, I mean, look, I mean, this is the thing. It's like the hype was there for sure. I mean, we're not talking about like the hype about like, oh, this is the best watch ever. But the hype was there like, hey, this is cool. This is a cultural phenomenon. And, and you and I have talked about this before. There's never been, in, at least in our lifetime, a single watch drop from any brand that has generated as much impressions, likes, clicks, pandemonium, scarcity, all of these things wrapped up in the one as the moon swatched it. No, I've never been so blindsided as far as that type of deal goes. I mean, dude, when that stuff hit in 2022, man, it was insane. It was insane. to the point where you had to, you had to ask if it was a real thing. Yeah, I mean, it was it was it was nuts. But let's be honest, it's a swatch. That's all it's ever been. Okay? You look at a normal swatch, you can buy one for 75 bucks, you buy one for 100 bucks. That's what it is. It's a quartz-powered watch. It's designed to run until it doesn't run. And let's be honest, swatches actually do run forever. There's dudes who collect vintage swatches that are still ticking from the 80s. So, I mean, I think that you've gotten enough out of your swatch at that point, several decades on, right? But at the end of the day, it's a fun, quirky thing. It's cool to get younger people into the hobby. It's cool to get people uh, talking about NASA and space and Speedmasters and all of these things. It was a marketing dream are heavy-handed watch people probably tired with it now yeah but they're still gonna line up to get a snoopy one when it comes out you cannot tell me that they won't no no i mean you know that's what i I think it's like you got my attention what are you doing with that thing yeah (laughs) and i and i love how conveniently they didn't put any details zero I just and 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 I loved it. I had this conversation with a buddy of mine. He's like, "What do you think it means?" I was like, "Well, I definitely think we're getting a Snoopy Moon Swatch." And I loved that he was kind of like sitting on the lid, and it was almost like, "Hey," because if you if you looked really closely, and I and I tried to like slow down the video and everything. If you looked really closely, it looks like each one of those are the previous like Moon versions, right? The Strawberry Moon, Beaver Moon, Hunter Moon, whatever the Moons, right? Because if you look, they're mostly all the same color, and there's like one in there that's blue, which would have been like the the one that they ripped off of the Neptune yep. or the Neptune version. Um, and he's almost like closing the lid, and I interpreted that as like we're swatches closing the lid on this chapter of these moon swatches, and Snoopy is now going to sit on top and howl at the moon. 
I think that that is the coolest thing. And I hope, my, this is my sincere hope, I hope that if they are going to do a, 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 Snoo a Snoopy edition, that it sh should be from the ground up. And that's my sincere hope. If they if they riff off another one that they've had in production for already what two years now or almost two years now, I think that's gonna be a major turnoff or letdown for some people, which might be good for me because you know my kid loves Snoopy. So if I have to go buy a Snoopy Moon Swatch because my daughter wants one, then then I will. But you know at the end of the day, um, I think this is going to be collectible. I think people are going to really want this thing. But I feel that it's now necessary, given last year, it's now necessary to make sure that this model is 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 a true one-off. You know, I don't want it to look like any of the other planets or moon or whatever. Yeah, I think you're right about that. What would you like it to be look like? What would you like it to look like? Oh, I just want something original, you know, something playful. I think if it's going to be a swatch, I think it should be playful. I mean, they've done that. They've done, you know, him laying down in the sub dials and stuff. And mm -hmm, I think, mm -hmm. but I'd want something like that. I want something fun, something playful. I mean, even if it's him sitting on top of the house in a, his little dog house in a, a yeah. space, space suit, I'd be all right with that. Like just something cool, something fun, you know, nice coloration, nothing too gaudy, like just a nice package. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. like you said, I don't want it to look like any any of the the other ones. Yeah, I don't want it to be too close to any of the Snoopy editions. I don't want it to. I, I, want I don't it want it to, to look like any of the other Moon's watches either. I want. I would like something yeah. just. It could be That's in the Speedmaster format, but just not what I've seen already. Well, I mean, I I definitely think it's going to have to be a a Moon's watch, right? I mean, because yeah. he, he's closing the lid on all the Moon's watches. It right? would be so pretty I, dumb if he came out on a Blancpain. <laughs> Or it just like came out like in a normal. It's just swatch. a plain old swatch with <laughs> with them howling. Like, like, oh, dang it! Uh, all right. um, but I think like if I mean you can you can search Snoopy in like a space costume or whatever. And there's so many cool like renditions of him in you know his space wardrobe or space garb or whatever. That to me, pick one of those cool ones, and make it make it based on those colors or or that kind of thing and i think it would be a true standalone from all of the snoopy editions and let's be honest if it's too close to any of the snoopy speedmasters the collectors will lose their minds because they're gonna be like oh they're you know clout chasing and all this stuff like god like not everyone can get a snoopy bro like we get it you're rich like you bought it on chrono for twice the retail we get it you don't care about money not everyone can do that so for 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 Snoopy to be like riding in the doghouse or on the subdial walking on the moon or you know hopping on the moon, I think that that would be really cool, and it would be different. It wouldn't be quite you know the same as some of the other versions, and it would be fun. All right, I got three more. Uh, this one comes from Cove Watches. This is essentially the guilty pleasure of the watch community. In public, people will rarely admit they like it. In private, they have two of each. Yep, that's facts. This reminds me of an old joke about uh, a moped. It's all good until your friends catch you doing it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't need any uh, 
protests of the show, so I'll leave the rest out. But if you if you need to know what it's about, you can DM. <laughs> Uh, this is from C. David R. I bought the mission to Mars, have sold it, and bought a Speedmaster. Their marketing worked on me. Yep. And lastly, Eric Malaki. Scarcity driving artificial demand. There's a reason they don't sell online. Yeah. Although yeah. they did sell, they, they did say they were going to sell. They online. did say, and that, and that was the thing. And I think that was a big up a lot of people. If they had just been like, "Hey, we're only going to sell this in in boutiques." Um. You know that would have that would have made sense. People would have been okay with that. But you fact the fact that you told them we were going to sell it online, and then didn't, that pissed off a lot of people. And honestly, man, that's just one of those moves that like I don't even know if the Swatch Group fully anticipated how much this was going to to change the industry. You know, um, but. It did, and I don't even under—I don't even know if they—if they fully understood. Like, hey, this is going to happen, and this is going to be insane if we try to sell it in two points of sale, online and in retail stores. We won't have enough stock, and I do truly believe at the very beginning, I don't think that there was artificial scarcity. I just think that they're like, we cannot pump these things out fast enough. No, I think they just completely misgaged. I, I agree. I what agree. What the turnout was going to be. Now, eventually, they're like, oh, dang. Well, let's just restrict the flow a little bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Once they figured out that they 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 ironed out all the kinks and everything like that, and and everything went went okay, I, I'm sure they were probably, okay, well, let's just keep holding it back a little bit. We'll deliver, we sell. We'll deliver, we sell. We'll deliver, we sell. I mean, even still to this day, I don't think that there's a Swatch boutique out there that is sitting on Moonswatch. Some people tried to claim that in the comments, but I, I, don't, I don't find that to be a valid uh, assessment. I've seen where there have been one or two sitting around, but not like, oh, we have the entire line. Come on in. No, I mean, I, I've I've seen I've seen it once where there was five or six out of the. 11 or whatever it was nine whatever i don't remember the exact number but well i guess it would have been nine planets sun and moon so that would have been what 11 yeah um well, i guess eight and a half planets because Pluto's not a planet <laughs> more but whatever he is for, he is in my book um but yeah so i mean i've only seen that many five or six that was the maximum that i've ever seen it displayed at one time I've never seen the full collection. And I think that that was strategic by, by Swatch Group. They're like, hey, this store is getting these. They're getting three of this. They're going to get five of these. They're going to get two of these. And that's it. This store is going to get you know seven of these, three of those, one of this one. And they just kind of sent it. And I've had very frank, open, and honest conversations with some of the people at the, at the, uh, the Swatch boutiques around the U.S. And they're like, look, look man, look, legitimately, and they've all told me the same thing legitimately we have no idea what comes we see a shipment and it's listed as moonswatch and that's it when we open the box for the first time is, is the first time that we finally have a definitive inventory of what's coming and they're like we they've done that intentionally they've done it intentionally to keep us in the dark because they don't want us to know and that way we can't start lining up people and all this stuff and it, it you know but I'm excited to see 
what will come of it because I think it's going to be fun and I think it's going to be cool. And let's be honest, this is my major message to everything. Watch collecting is supposed to be fun. It does get lost, doesn't it? I, I just, it's like, come on, man. It's supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be so serious. It's supposed to be fun. And those honestly, moments. I've, I've, I'll be honest. I've honestly found that, you know, even in, in the attempts of people like myself to make it a less serious hobby, people, I feel like people are just so wound so tight nowadays. Yeah. Like you, you can't even post something that's obviously a complete joke and clearly fake, like just for ha ha's without somebody be like, well, this is fake. And you're like, yeah, no, duh. There's nobody on <laughs> Pornhub talking about Speedmasters and Daytona's bro. All right. Are you serious? Somebody actually messaged you about this? No, it's right on there. Look at the comment section. Fake oh though. God. Yeah, no, no shit, bro. Fake it's, though. It's called a meme. <laughs> Dumbass. Like, oh my God. Are you serious? What an absolute buffoon. I want to be like, scroll down the entire feed. If you find anything real, I would be astonished. <laughs> my God. People are so ridiculous. But I just find it's it. People are just so tightly wound nowadays. It's it's not it's not fun for a lot of people, and at times it makes it not fun for everybody else. Yeah, ridiculous, insane, truly insane, truly insane. And with that, what are you gonna do? Yeah, we can call it uh, a day for this one. Uh, I don't know when we'll see the Snoopy, but hopefully soon, and we can yeah. include it in a future episode. Um, yeah, until then, we'll keep our ears to the ground and uh, everybody else be good. Smithers, I'll see you next time. Yes, sir. Y'all be good. Peace.